So you guys know, obviously, I have my own podcast, and I get asked a lot, you know, how do you make your podcast? How do you get started on that? And I will tell you, Anchor is the best source for making your podcast. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now you can match Anchor with great sponsors who will advertise your podcast for you. That means you can get paid to do a podcast right away. So in fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing and reading this right now, this ad that you're listening to. Uh, So if you're interested in creating your own podcast and or looking how to monetize it, then Anchor is the best way to go. Check it out. What's up, guys? Tyser Evans back again this week. The uh, sales assassin is back at it. Um, I really appreciate all the support I've been getting uh, the likes on the videos, uh, the comments that I don't think I've actually gotten a comment, but I have on social media. So I really appreciate all the support and uh, I really appreciate your time watching. I know time is valuable. So when you get through one of my videos, I hope that there is content that you liked and that you appreciated um, because I sincerely appreciate everybody watching. This week, I want to dive into something that is sales related, but it's more life uh, related. I did say that I was going to be sales focused, but I'm also going to bring in other things that can help with um, life that that something maybe stuff that I've struggled with or things that I know a lot of people do struggle with. Um, And also, I'm going to start including uh, probably once a month doing a book review on a sales book or um, a motivational book or um, self-improvement book. So look forward to that. Stay tuned for that. This week, I'm going to get into how to have better work-life balance um, or how to maybe work in extremes and then readjust your life accordingly. I just know work-life balance is something that I definitely struggled with. Um, Always something I still struggle with. And I know anybody I've ever managed or worked with in a sales capacity or entrepreneurs that I know, it's something that they also struggle with as well. So to kind of just want to tackle that and um, maybe give some insight of different ways that I deal with it or other people that I know that have dealt with it um, so you don't feel so guilty about uh, the work-life balance and our people are just a little too hard on themselves when it comes to um, being critical of themselves with where they're allocating their time and whatnot. So hopefully you guys enjoy this and there's some good takeaways for you. All right, so it's just really important to acknowledge and get out there that Work-life balance is tough, right? Because, you know, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. Um, it's just it's it's just harder because if you're allocating time towards one thing, it inevitably is going to take time from another thing, right? I mean, you, you can't change that. That is just a fact. So it really comes down to giving time to what matters most to you. So, and this goes back to a lot of the goal setting and prioritizing your life and setting a daily game plan. So for me, you know, um, right now I have a, a mentioned before, I have a very specific award that I want to win this year that I'm very, very focused on. Um, a couple other things, side projects. I, I just started a, a business with my brother um, and that was another priority. I've gotten more into crypto trading. So, you know, and plus, you know, I said I've got a family, I have two small boys. So it's like, how do I balance all of those things because if I give time to uh, trying to win the award at work and I'm working later hours, inevitably it's going to take time away from 
um, the business I'm starting with my brother, or it's going to take time away from spending time with my family. So it's really uh, key to setting that daily game plan. So if you haven't watched that, go back and watch that one. Um, it's really good. I think that uh, it'll help give some key insights. So give time to what matters most. And so I think that when you start your daily game plan, you have to be focused on the one thing that you're trying to accomplish or the two things you're trying to accomplish. And that's why I use, I don't know where they're at here, my, my charts right here. I told you guys about the, uh, the rhythm calendar because it allows me to hone in on those focus goals, the big goals, and then I have two small or three small daily tasks that I can do to chip away at my large goal. So for me, if it's winning this sales award, then I know that I have to prospect, follow up, and continue to work on the deals and underwriting or the deals with the people I'm working with in uh, the insurance community to continue to get and funnel those uh, deals in. So I think it, you just have to acknowledge that you know you can't you can't do it all. So you got to hone in on a few things that you're going to efficiently attack throughout the day, um, and that's where it's going to help you to start having a bit more of a balance. Is if you're trying to do everything all the time, you don't have a real clear directive, then you're going to be spread thin, and you're going to start a lot of things that you don't finish. So for me, I hone in on my big goals and I chip away at them with small, small priorities every single day. So it goes to setting a daily game plan, time blocking where I'm spending and allocating my time, and then make sure I'm, if I don't do anything, I'm just doing, well, if I'm going to do only a few things, I'm going to do the things that are going to contribute to my large overall goals. Um, and I can change those every single day, right? So it's just more of like a chipping away effect. So that way you don't feel so overwhelmed that you can't accomplish everything. And there are going to be sacrifices. Like I love going to the gym every day. But yesterday I had a lunch meeting, so I didn't go to the gym yesterday. Well, actually, I did go to yoga last night with my wife. So that was a way that I missed something that's important to me. But I reallocated uh, the time. And she had a great idea of going to yoga because she knew that I missed going to the gym. And that was something that we did um, as a couple. So it was, a, it was a bonding for her and I. I still got the workout in. I was still able to accomplish um, my meeting yesterday. So it's just kind of reshifting, reprioritizing your time, and realizing that there are going to be days, though, where I'm not going to be able to get to the gym. Um, and that's okay. There are going to be days I'm not going to be able to, to work on my business. There's going to be days where I can't put an 11-hour workday because of um, something else that's happening. So, um, again, you just have to accept that you know, you have to give time to what matters, and it's it's impossible to almost balance everything evenly every single day, and that's okay. I'm going to talk about two little tips that help that people could kind of get caught up in, um, especially in a sales job or really kind of any job nowadays. And so kind of going back to what I just said, I just want to tell you a quick story. Um, I met Damon John last month. Uh, I read his book, Rise and Grind. If you haven't read it, check it out. It's a really great book. He was doing a book signing here in Atlanta. So I went down for the book signing and I got to meet him. And I had about 45 seconds with him. And he just happened to be talking about his daughter when I walked up for him to sign uh, my book. And I had already read the book. So I, you know, I complimented him and I said, you know, I, I really appreciated how you showed how efficiently you used your time and how you incorporated your family life 
into all aspects of what you're doing? And he said, he said, yes. He said, it's really important. It's really key. It's not always necessarily about working 20 hours out of 24 hours a day. It's more that in the hours that I am working, that I am using them extremely efficiently, that I'm not wasting any time. And so that's something I want to touch on because I think that that helps to contribute to your work-life balance by being very, very efficient with your time. Um, and that's why I set up a daily game plan and I have goal trackers to make sure that I'm hitting uh, the things that are most important to me and that I'm staying on track and using my time efficiently by time blocking. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is to stop multitasking. Um, it's always so common for people to brag that I'm great at multitasking and I multitask really well. It helps me to get things done more efficiently. I don't buy into it. I'm not someone that's a multitasker. Again, I, I glance down because I, I write this out because I don't want to miss anything for you guys. So bear with me if I'm not making eye contact with you. Right now I'm making eye contact with myself. So I'm going to glance down every once in a while. Um, multitasking, stop doing it. You are statistically, these are stats, they're numbers. You can't argue with numbers. It's just facts, okay? I don't make this shit up. So multitasking, you're going to make uh, more mistakes. That's just a, that's a fact. You're going to make uh, more mistakes because your attention is pulled in several different directions. Statistically, um, you lose up to 28% of the day multitasking, which also then leads to mistakes. So think about it. If you are, say you're going to dedicate an hour to making calls prospecting and you've got your email box open. Now you know this has happened, so don't lie to yourself. And you see an email pop in. Maybe it's not a good one. Maybe it's something like you know, like me. It's from underwriting, and it just you know blows up a deal. So then you read the email, you freak out, and you storm off into your manager's office to go over the email and go over underwriting, and maybe then you start brainstorming on solutions to help you combat with what's going on. So then you come back and you start making a response to the email, and then you go and you start. And you call the broker and let them know where you're at. If for me, you know, this could be a situation for me. And and you're gonna say, hey, I got some news back from underwriting. We're working on blah blah blah. And then you're like, oh, well, now it's been 30 minutes and I've only got 25 minutes left of time blocking. And then at the end of the day, you didn't get to finish all your prospecting because because of a uh, one email. Now if that happens over and over and over and over again, multiple times a day. Then you're not using your time efficiently. You're not focusing on your priorities, your one or two goals that are most important for you to accomplish every single day. And it leads to a lot more stress because now not have only have you potentially um, made different types of mistakes throughout the day. You've started projects you didn't finish. You've used your time inefficiently. So when you leave, you go, I had a really fucking busy day, but what did I accomplish? And it makes you feel stressed out because then you feel like, oh, I got to come into work tomorrow. There's so much I get caught up on because I was dealing with bullshit all day today. It was really, you're dealing with bullshit, but you deal with bullshit every day. It's just how you prioritize that bullshit. So multitasking is something I don't do. I'm very singular focused. And I know statistically this is easier uh, for dudes and it is for girls. I know my wife is a definitely, she can multitask. Uh, although I tell her not to, she does it better than me. Um... Uh, so when I'm at work, I um, 
and singular focus on activities. So when I time block for calls, and I was and I told you guys and um, the uh, video I just talked about setting uh, your daily game plan. I do cut out my distractions. I put my phone on silent. It is in a docking station um, right over here, so it's behind me. Uh, my emails are completely shut off, and we have a Skype a business program that I put on Do Not Disturb so no one can IM me. Um, I close my door, so you know I, I try to really seclude myself. If anybody walks in, typically I kind of just raise my hand and let them know that I'm on the phone, even if I'm not on the phone, uh, if I'm in between calls and I'm putting notes into the computer system so that way I just don't even have to get into a conversation. There's no window or opening there. Um, so multitasking, singular focus. You, you're allocating 90 minutes for calls or 60 minutes for calls or even 30 minutes for calls. That is what you're doing. That is your singular focus. Now on the flip side, uh, one of the other things I want to talk about, I did a short clip on this um, in my Instagram story was on emails. So emails are also something that it's inevitable. It's just a function of business and how we communicate um, with one another nowadays. But it's really, really distracting. And it really can eat up your day and take away from your efficiency, you know, which affects your work-life balance um, by always uh, being focused on your emails. So I really try to check my emails twice a day. Um, realistically, it probably happens more like three times a day, but I allocate specific time for it, and I have a zero inbox policy. So now there's been lots of thoughts on this that it's, it's not good to do that because you become obsessive about having zero emails in your inbox. I'm just gonna tell you how I work it. I, on average, um, in my current job, get you know 50 to 100, 150 emails a day. My last job, I got probably, geez, I swear, it, it was in the neighborhood of 200 emails a day. It was insane. And I've always managed to maintain this policy without it really um, affecting my day in a negative way. So usually the first 30 minutes I come in, I allocate to checking my inbox. And so that's to see if any fires came in over the night to see if there's any potential new leads or new prospects that emailed me late at night. And so then I start to um, allocate and respond to those. So I usually dedicate about 30 minutes. The thing I do whenever I check my emails is I act immediately. So I don't just leave things in my inbox unless it's something that I have to talk to management about or I have to talk to another coworker about, those are the only things I'll leave in my inbox. And what I leave in my inbox are um, items I have not accomplished and that I maybe need to get when I check it again uh, later in the afternoon. But I always respond immediately and clear it out. Now, one of the keys to what I do is I delete shit I don't need. Anything that I'm copied on, I, it's just like nowadays it's weird. It's just like, you know, hey, I'm going to lunch today and you get copied on it. Uh, hey, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go walk my dog later tonight with my girlfriend and you get copied on it. So it's just like it's so much miscellaneous bullshit you get copied on. Anything I've copied on doesn't come directly to me, I delete. I don't even read. So, And the reason I do that is because if it's important enough to where they need me to read it, I will get that email again. I promise you they will email, email you again. So I just, if it copied, I delete it. Um, anything that's spam, I unsubscribe myself so it doesn't clutter my my inbox immediately and then most importantly uh, don't use your inbox as a way to somehow organize your emails I don't understand that type of method so I have folders set up 
for everything. I also do this on my desktop as well. I want to make it easily as humanly possible to find and retrieve what I need. So if I, you know, I'm, I told you guys I'm in insurance, so I work on quotes, I have a quoting folder. If I'm working on a submission, I have a submission folder. Um, I cover five states in my territory, so I have a folder for every state. So if there's new um, rate um, decreases or increases or new state laws, then I drop it in the state folder. So I have a, a folder for my manager. Okay, I have a folder for underwriting. So I have different folders allocated that I can drop stuff into. So it helps keep me organized. So when that topic pops up, where it's like something that's, that's happening in South Carolina when it regards to rates, and I go to the South Carolina folder. If there's a question on underwriting um, guideline, then I go to the underwriting folder. I can easily put in a search what the topic is, and it will pull up the email. So that also allows me to clear my box because I go, okay, this is something I can allocate there. This is not important. Delete. This is something that's for my manager. That, okay, I'm going to allocate here. So that, that's just the way that I efficiently do that. Now, the, the, again, uh, what I do is I check it once in the morning for about 30 minutes. I check it right after lunch, and, and then I check it before I leave. So other than the fact that when I'm checking with my allocated times, I have it off. I, I don't, there's no point in having it on. Um, something I read in the four hour work week, excuse me, I want to get some coffee. I read in the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss was that you can put on uh, an uh, auto reply. So when you're in your time blocking for call modes, you can say, hey, I check my voicemails twice daily at 10 and 4 p.m. Because of my heavy workload, I will answer your emails at that time. So that way it frees up your time and it sets the expectation to the people getting the bounce back of when their message will be read. Now, I don't do this with email. I'm just th throwing out there that it's, it's a great tip. Um, but I do use that for my phone messages. Now, this is another thing um, in sales that, you know, your phone's constantly ringing or you want it to be. And so don't feel obligated every time you see a message to listen to it and, and then call that person back. Because what does it do? It screws with your work-life balance. It makes you inefficient with your time. So what I do in my voicemails is I leave on there when I'm going to check it and when I will call you back. So I set the expectation because if you say, hey, this is Ty, um, please leave me a voicemail and I'll get back to you um, shortly or I'll get back to you ASAP or I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Everybody's interpretation of what ASAP or shortly is different. So I could have somebody who thinks that, oh, okay, Ty will call me back in their mind in an hour. And when and that hour has passed, they're pissed because I didn't meet their expectation that I didn't know about, right? So it's like you don't want to harm a relationship um, by doing that. Another person's expectation could be tomorrow. So what I do is on you know my voicemail is I use the same approach where I say, hey, I check my voice my voicemails once daily at 4 p.m. and I turn, return all calls by 6:30 p.m. I've always done that. What it does, it allows the person to know if they call me at noon, don't expect me to hear your message for another four hours, okay? And when I hear that message in four hours, I will call you within the next two and a half hours. And what I do is I do check it at four, and guess what else I do? I fucking call them back by 6.30 p.m., 
right? So um, setting the expectation and then following through on it because the last thing I want is for someone to go, hey, you said that you were going to check your voicemails by 4 and call me back at 6.30. So it's just setting up these little things to make yourself efficient throughout the day, managing your, your email inbox, only checking it a few times, allocating certain folders so you're more organized, deleting the shit you don't need will free up your time um, and not make you so overwhelmed when you open your inbox and you've got 400 things in there and you don't know exactly what you need, what you don't need, so you leave everything and then you get caught up and go down an email rabbit hole for an hour and a half, which derails you from making phone calls, making follow-up calls, the things that are most important in sales, which then leads to more stress, which leads then to you uh, having a, a, a worse work-life balance, all right? Okay, so the last uh, couple of things I'm going to touch on with the work-life balance piece, I don't want to belabor this, but you know, it, it, it's going to be tough in a sales environment or as an entrepreneur to just work from nine to five every day. Sometimes you're going to have to work in extremes. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, our business, fourth quarter, hits really heavy and there's times I'm in the office um, from eight to six thirty, seven o'clock, I go home and try to... Uh, spend time with my family and then once my kids are down I will be back on my computer from 9:30 to 11:30. And so, you know, it's a lot and it really uh takes away from my relationship with my wife and I really value my time when I come home to spend with her and my kids. And so what I do is I'm up front with her and I let her know if even there's something going on with uh, the project with my brother and I, hey, you know, tonight I have to allocate two hours to working on the website or, hey, we're having a phone call about this new product that we're coming out with or, hey, it's fourth quarter and I've got a ton of work to do this evening. You're going to have to live your life in extremes sometimes to accomplish goals. That's just the reality. It's it's not feasible, at least in my opinion, to be cookie cutter nine to five every single day and to accomplish um, big things. Maybe you can work nine to five and accomplish mediocre things, and if that's the type of life you want to live, um, that's fine. That's that's on that's on you. That's that's your own objective. That's not the type of life I want to live. Um, I'm ambitious. I have big goals. I like chasing big goals, and so I know with that. It's going to have me live in extremes sometimes. And so you don't have to feel bad about that. It's okay. You really don't have to feel bad. I think people get really caught up in um, feeling bad for living extreme or working really hard. It's more of like just recognizing that there are going to be periods in your time where your life's going to be out of bounds. And you need to clearly communicate that with your loved ones. Go for it. Accomplish those goals. You know, I went hard during the fourth quarter made a lot of big moves that really helped uh, me set myself up for this year and, you know, accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish in the fourth quarter. And then it's reallocate that time back to my family. And when that craziness gets over or the goal's done or the project's done, then go, okay, well, you know, I definitely want to focus on taking my wife out to more date nights, right? Or I want to take my family on a four-day vacation or on a week vacation. And so it, it's just balancing that. I think it's it's really hard to have that symmetry and that balance every single day like I talked about. You're not going to be able to work just eight hours, go to the gym, have excellent amount of time every single day. Um, it's really about in the days where you are really busy, again, always be efficient every single day with your time and then acknowledging the times when you're going to have to hustle and work harder and just clearly communicating that. 
with your partner or your friends or your family or whatever else you have going outside of your your work life, uh, on your personal life, and just setting the expectations uh, with people. I think that helps to reduce stress. Everybody's on the same page. It helps you to accomplish your goals, and then you don't have to feel bad about it, okay? So I hope that you guys uh, took away some tidbits away. I know, this, again, this is something that I've just struggled with off and on. I've always been in really intense sales environments, and there's definitely at times when I have to allocate more time um, than necessary, sometimes for work, but it's to accomplish, hopefully, uh, goals that will lead to a better life. And I think that that's the way I always look at it. You have to realize that when you work in those extremes, it's for a purpose. And again, I've mentioned this before, you have to understand what your why is and what your purpose is. For me, what I'm ambitious, I like accomplishing things, it makes me feel good, but at the end of the day, what I'm always trying to do is maximize my potential as a human being, not to leave anything on the table, but also to create a better life for my children and for my wife. So when my kids grow up, they say that they had a good role model, someone that worked hard and accomplished their goals, and it sets a good example for them, but they also they have everything they need in life. They don't have to go to college and have to worry about um, student loan debt and those types of small things, you know, they, they can have uh, a car when they're 16 and they don't have to work a ton of jobs while they're in school. They can just focus on their, on their studies. So those are things that I'm focused on. Those are my priorities. So I realize that sometimes to accomplish those goals or get to the financial gains I want to, I'm going to have to be a little out of whack. It's just recognizing that I am out of whack and then re- allocating and reshifting my time once the goal is accomplished. But most importantly, every single day to achieve the one goal, I have to be efficient with my time. So that's just setting myself up for success with daily game plans, being able to manage my phone calls, manage my time, manage my email inbox, and uh, set those objecti ad objectives every single day. So again, thank you so much for watching. I hope you took uh, some good takeaways from this. If you liked it, hit the thumbs up. Uh, if you're not subscribing, uh, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much again for watching.